evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's about um, 3 p.m. at the time of this recording. Uh, welcome once again to the Value Nigeria podcast, where we try to educate the retail investors on how best they can invest in a way to, you know, to be profitable. Um, the market has been very, very exciting in the past few weeks. We've seen huge gains across the board. Uh, particularly in the banks and you know, it's just been an, a very fraughty market in the past few weeks and i think that's good for retail investors uh, but at the same time just as it's good we need to be cautious uh, you know just so that we don't get all caught out in the excitement in in the same vein as what we have always done on the podcast which is try to bring knowledgeable and um, exciting guests who know their onions in the finance and investing industry we have a very exciting guest one more time today. My guest today is uh, Mr. Chukwemeka Nwagu, and um, he had his first degree, which is uh, his BSc in Accounting and Finance, which was from the Imo State University. Um, he's gone ahead even to have his uh, MSc, which is his master's degree in Corporate Finance, and that was from the University of Lagos. Um, he's in the process of getting his full charter, even from the Chartered Institute of Stockbrokers. So my guest today definitely knows his onions and he is passionate about education as seen by his, uh, you know, um, taking part in various education institutes and, you know, just trying to pass down this knowledge. And we hope that uh, our conversation today would even be very informative, even for the listeners. Um, at present, my guest works as a capital market analyst, even with SCM Capital Nigeria, formerly Sterling Capital Limited. It's a huge pleasure even to have Mr. Chukwe Mekanwagu on the, on, the, on the show this evening, even to talk about various topical events, even in the market, as we'll get to see. Um, so, Mr. Chukwe Meka, you are very welcome to the, to the podcast this afternoon, sir. Uh, thank you, Ajibola. Perfect. Um, I, I remember engaging with um, you on, on LinkedIn and you, you responded very well. I, it's been smooth. Thank you very, very much for, you know, reach, for, for not ignoring our invites when we, when we reached out to you. Um, before we go into core finance things, do you just want to give us a little bit of a brief intro about yourself, maybe your personal background, your educational background, and more about your professional background, sir? Okay, concerning my uh, personal and professional background, uh, you said you said it all. Uh, graduated from Imo State University and also for, went to Unilag for my master's. And still writing professional exams like uh, the CIS and also uh, CSE, uh, which is... Mm, then I have some other uh, interests in data science, I think. That that will be for some other uh, interview or some other day concerning uh, data science and data analytics. Um, presently, for me, uh, it's just about the love for our financial market that made me um, change my career from accounting to finance. And for accounting, yes, uh, it's great having uh, knowledge of accounting and as enough that it helps me when I want to analyze financial statements of banks, uh, commercial commercial banks, and 
uh, other complaints. So with such knowledge uh, from accounting and finance, I think it's driving a uh, success in my career for me. Perfect. So I have not much to say about my professional uh, background. I think it's just a normal uh, pattern which every uh, financial analyst uh, follows. All right. Thank you very much for that very brief. I, I know you're, you're trying to be humble, which is why you're not going deeply, but no problem. We'll take it like that. <laughs> Thank you very yes, much. Yes, because uh, there are a lot of other analysts that have uh, certificates, and so you have to be humble so that you get, you get to uh, your goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, You've talked briefly about your your transition from accounting even into finance. Uh, what were the differences, or how how was that transition like? And um, you've talked about accounting helping you even in finance, in analyzing fin- the financial statements. Yeah. For the retail investors, why should they pay any attention even to accounting? Okay, uh, let me talk about myself first. The the first reason why I had to move was that I was listening to I had this opportunity of going to financial statements because my dad worked with Nestle and the the then they used to send uh financial statements. So when you talk about share stocks, how they were being valued, I just know that I needed to know more about that. And watching channels, news, business, uh, 10, o- 10 o'clock, uh, 10 a.m. Uh, business news on channels. They talk more about uh, the market. So I knew I needed to know more about uh, the financial market. So that would drove that interest in studying finance in uh, University of Lagos. So after that, I went to Edu Bridge uh, to to gain more knowledge on uh, valuation and financial modeling. Uh, so that's why I'm today in the financial market. For retail uh, investors, uh, it's not compulsory you have to have the knowledge of accounting uh, before you can have a day of what's happening in a company. Uh, most of the houses, they release, uh, they do these financial reports, equity reports for uh, clients, investors, potential investors. So you can pick one of those uh, reports and study it. Uh, they've been broken down to uh, to the level which you can know if a particular company is profitable or not. And know the reason why a particular company operating expenses is higher compared to the previous uh, period. So there are reasons in the uh, financial uh, in the equity reports that might not be in the financial statement. So uh, retail investors, man, it's not compulsory for them to have that uh, full knowledge in accounting, but with their hands on the equity report uh, and study it, they have full knowledge of the company. All right, perfect. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your for your opinion on that. Um, how about general skills? What are, from your experience, from what you've seen of retail investors, what are the skills that you feel retail investors really, really need to to work on to improve to be able to make them to be able to make profits in the market? Basically, okay. One, uh, retail investors need to be knowledgeable. Uh, we are 
typically, you know, uh, Nigerians don't like to read. But this, as a retail investor, you have to read. You have to uh, study uh, a particular sector or a company that you want to invest into. So by reading reports, you're knowledgeable about the company, you're knowledgeable about the sector. And also listen to news. When it, when uh, the government releases a policy, how does that policy affect your investment? For example, uh, the NERA, uh, the exchange unification, uh, there was devaluation of NERA. How does that affect your uh, equity? How does that affect your investment? And also the third, uh, uh, third skill is to know about uh, the economic in indicators like inflation rate. When inflation goes high, how does it affect your investment? Are you investing on a negative return as uh, your interest rate is below your, below the inflation rate? If you're investing below inflation with your return has to be negative because time value of money uh, matters. So these are the little, little ideas which uh, retail investors need to keep. They need to show interest, not just relying solely on reports they read, but they themselves will also try to uh, think like an, an, an analyst so that they can also come up with their own little opinion and match that opinion with uh, other views on, from other analysts. All right. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Now, now, you've talked about thinking like an analyst or, you know, putting the retail investor needs to put themselves in that frame of mind of if, if an analyst were looking at this company, what are the things he would like to see? So, what are the factors or what are, how, how can the retail investor, what are the things that the retail investor needs to look out for even to identify good companies in the market? How would an analyst approach that and what can the retail investors take out of that? Okay. Uh, what the major thing uh, the retail analyst needs to know is more about the industry. Uh, the industry matters a lot than also the company. But when you're looking at the financial statement, a retail investor needs to look at the revenue and the profit after tax. Because uh, the revenue, with high revenue, definitely there will be profit. And when there is profit, the earnings per, per share, which is the EPS, uh, will be high. And that way, uh, the company will be able to pay dividends to uh, the retail investor. So uh, things the retail investors have to look at for the EPS of the company, uh, the P ratio of the company, and you need to compare the P ratio with uh, the market ratio to know the volatility of the company, and also uh, some key ratios. For example, if it's bank, if the banking sector, you need to look at uh, the non-performing ratio of the bank. You need to look at the gain ratio. You also need to look at uh, the capital adequacy ratio. The other ratios also, liquidity ratio of the bank. And also, uh, there should be return after investment, uh, which is dividend. So you look at the dividend history of 
are the companies? Are these companies paying dividends? If this company has been paying dividend, then definitely it's a good uh, uh, company to position yourself. And if you look at the historical dividend issue, as this as a dividend, <coughs> is there a dividend group? If there is dividend group, definitely uh, the company is a good company. And we also look at uh, the policy, the government policy, physical policy, monetary policy. If there is never devaluation, how does it affect the company? If the company is having uh, enough, if the company has bought uh, internationally, uh, definitely you will see the negative effect uh, of never devaluation in its financials because now uh, the company will be paying in its finance costs will have to double uh, to match up with uh, the current uh, currency. So that that will reduce uh, the profit before tax and profit after tax definitely uh, to affect uh, the earning per share of the company and the uh, dividend get gotten from there will be low for the uh, invest retail investors. So those are uh, the items which uh, retail investors need to key into. Thank you very much for itemizing those. Uh, hopefully, somebody is listening and will take all those to heart. Um, from from your from your long career, from what you have seen so far of investing, what are the common mistakes that you've seen retail investors uh, commit over the years? What are the things that you've seen them do that kind of hampers their their returns or their profitability? Okay, uh, the mistake I feel uh, retail investors do is that they fail to identify who they are. Are you a risk taker or you're not? You need to know your risk appetite. Are you coming into the market for a uh, short term or for long term? You have to know who you are. You have to position yourself. For example, if you, because uh, you know I'm making money from equity and you said to use your house rent, and buy a particular stock. And when the stock falls, you, you lose uh, your funds. So you need to position yourself. What are you going for, for short term or long term? Are you a risk taker? Are you not a risk taker? If you're a risk taker, then equity, uh, the equity market is for you. If you're not a risk taker, then you probably should be in the system income market, the money market, where you're guaranteed your uh, principal and your interest. But for a risk taker, the risk is that your return is that equity is the space uh, for you. So for a retail investor, you have to identify who you are and the tenor you want to come into the market. Perfect, perfect. So it's an inside job that we need to do first. Try to understand yourself first before you focus on you know, making returns in the market or trying to beat the market or something. Definitely. Yes. So are you position yourself to so going into the equities market or to the system income market? Okay. Okay. Now looking at the markets generally, um, usually I I actually don't even like commenting on the, the run of the markets, but it's been quite spectacular. We've seen the market attain all time highs. Okay, not all time highs, but at least in in recent years we've seen the market at its peak than that it's been in in, in quite a while. 
Um, I think the market is probably at about maybe 62,000. The all-share index is at about 62,000, which is the last time it was close to this was probably 2007, 2008, thereabouts. Uh, what do you think yeah. has driven these huge returns in the market of lead? Well, a lot, a lot, a lot has driven uh, the market upward. Uh, first of all, let me start from uh, the NERA redesign. Uh, the NERA redesign, uh, individuals were forced, or citizens were forced to to uh, dep- deposit their own notes into into the bank. And once there's too much money in circulation, uh, meaning when there is much money in bank, bank will have to uh, look for assets where to drop uh, that money. And so that led to system liquidity to be high. And when system liquidity is high, uh, the major play, the major drivers of that system liquidity are the banks. So they want to uh, put their money, put that deposit uh, in fixed income with any rate. So that that will that will crash uh, the the rate interest rate in uh, the fixed income space. So investors want to sell up there and come into the market, and that way it will drive the market upward because uh, the buying interest move by upward. That's one. Uh, I talked about uh, the never redesign. Secondly, uh, the the uh, inauguration of the new president, uh, Bola Ahmed Tinombo, when he talked about fuel subsidy and uh, the removal of fuel subsidy and the exchange uh, currency uh, unification. So that sent, uh, that alone sent, sent uh, confidence into the market. Uh, the international space saw that, yes, uh, Nigeria has not listened to IMF with the notification that there should be one, there should be single uh, exchange window, which is the official or the IIE window. And because of that statement alone, uh, we saw confidence into the market. We saw most of the uh, fundamental stocks rallying up. Um, that's true. Uh, the third reason is the market uh, went, when there was a narrow devaluation uh, made the market, uh, most of the stocks to be cheap. And for investors, an opportunity for them to come into the market because it seems that uh, the stocks are trading far below their value and an opportunity to gain. Uh, when you check the data from uh, NGS concerning the uh, foreign and domestic portfolio, uh, last two months, it was 90% com- compared to 20%. And uh, last month, it was 88% compared to uh, 20 plus. So we're seeing more inflows for foreign investors from 10% to 20% coming into the market. And that shows that they've seen uh, uh, confidence in the market. They've seen that uh, the major majority of these uh, good stocks in the market are undervalued, so they're taking position, and also domestic uh, investors are also uh, taking position in 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 the market. And fourthly, uh, portfolio managers they're trying to uh, 
close their books because this is half year. So there's what we call uh, profit to market. So they're trying to uh, make sure that at the end of their full half year, uh, they're having a particular position. So there will be there will be sell-off while some uh, would like to take position so that once the stocks rally, they can pay at the end of uh, the period for the, because of their books, so that their books will look attractive for uh, for their shareholders or the stock uh, the stakeholders rather. Thank you, thank you very much. That was very detailed, and I agree with you. All, all those factors have really, really contributed to the high run up in in prices. Uh, looking at the market now, somebody who who is who has some cash and hopes to invest, you know, it's almost as if all the opportunities are gone. But are, are there any pockets of opportunities or any industries that you still think there might still be some value to be made, even with, with where prices are at present? Well, like, can you remember I said, uh, you have to identify who you are. Yes. Are you a risk taker? If you're a risk taker, then you can still come into the market. That's why we're saying that most of the stocks are getting to their, uh, they've gotten to their 52 weeks high. If you're a risk taker, then you, if you have, if you have the belief that these stocks will still rally up, then it's the right time for you to come into the market. But if you're not a risk taker and you feel that they've gotten to the two weeks high and you want the stocks to come down a little before you enter, fine. You can still wait and, and wait for when the stocks uh, will go down. But for me, I will say that uh, we've gotten to uh, half year and most of the uh, good fundamental stocks to be paying intern dividend and companies and institutions, individual high network individuals want a key for for such opportunities. So we we'll still see uh, most of these stocks still rally up because uh, they want to collect intern dividend of those stocks. All right, perfect. And um, do you still see opportunities in any specific industries or? Do you, do, you, do you see anywhere where there are still okay. pockets of uh, under undervaluation in the market? Yeah. Uh, if you look at the banking stock, the banking stock uh, for Nigeria market uh, uh, is the most liquid market. So that's where you see most of the rally uh, flowing in. If you, if you were to compare with the, uh, um, the S&P 500, which is the American market, is the servicing uh, sector, certain sectors like the Apple, the Microsoft, the Facebook. But when you come down to Nigeria, it is the banking sector, the likes of, uh, the GT, GT code, Zenith, Access, UBA, uh, Stambik, which is a defensive stock, uh, Fidelity, FCMD, and Stellar. So that's for, for the Nigerian market. So, if you want to still pick up something, I feel uh, the banking stocks uh, are where you should be uh, because the uh, majority of the stocks they are undervalued. Thank you very much. Now, uh, as we begin to gradually bring this to a close, 
you, you've mentioned the banks, and I know you you, you have a particular interest in, in the banking industry. Um, there, are, there are various tier, you know, tier one banks, tier two banks. There are the big boys, the small boys. How can a retail investor make sense of the banking industry? How can we separate those that are worth investing in from those that are worth passing on? Okay, uh, those are worth investing in definitely what to be the big boys, which is the uh, tier one bank, tier one banks. And if you look at uh, the key issues, that's why retail investors need to look at uh, reports of analysts to see those key issues that shows that uh, these banks are trading below their value. Which shows like uh, the PE ratio. There's some other uh, vital issues which you have to compare the banks and see if uh, is this bank trading at this point, at this amount. This is what the EPS should be. If it's trading below that, then definitely you see a position to it. For example, uh, Access Bank. Uh, Paid one era plus, and which is uh, for his dividend. There was a dividend growth of more than I don't want to fix uh, a figure to it, but that drove uh, the price from nine era to almost seventeen era. So everybody knows what Access Bank has been doing. Access Bank has been acquiring other banks in other uh, other nations, other countries. So there's the the potential. Masters Bank, and it has showed that if you look at this uh, statement, because I'm not with uh, the statement to call out the figure, but you see that it is really trading below its value. And in my own forecast, I believe that they are entering a uh, dividend, they will have to double it. So that again will also drive uh, the price upward. For the banking stock year to date, uh, Assets Bank has had the highest so far. Since the day they release their uh, proposed dividend. Oh, thank you, thank you very, very much for that opinion. I'm sure, I'm sure the investors are making notes and hopefully would um, act on this. Last, uh, the penultimate question, if you don't mind, sir. You've talked about the retail investor um, looking, reading, you know, equ- equity reports and things like that from investment houses. My question is, what do you think? Could there be some bias or are there dangers in just basing your opinion on equity reports? Because we know sometimes, I, I know it shouldn't be, or I know it shouldn't be common, but sometimes those equity reports could be biased. Sometimes there could be a few other things behind the, the curtain that were, that makes them put out some of those reports. I'm, I'm, I'm not generalizing and I'm not mentioning any names. Are there any dangers for the retail investor to base all their investing decisions solely on equity reports from investing houses. Okay. Uh, if you can recollect, can recall, I mentioned that uh, the retail investors can also make their own opinion from knowledge gathered by listening to news, reading newspapers, reading different uh, reports, you can come up with your own decision. Then you compare your decision with decisions from 
different houses. If you read TV4 reports, uh, if one is biased, the remaining three will not go in that direction. If you want to agree with me, then include that with your own uh, investment decision. Then you make a decision. In the forecast, you can be right, you can be wrong. That's why it's called a forecast. Then also, uh, most of the houses, they send out stock recommendations. When you pick three houses stock recommendation, uh, definitely you can make an opinion out of, out of three or four houses as stock recommendation. So that should be a guide for you. And, uh, on China, uh, uh, in, I don't want to mention any house, or I don't want to mention any TV station. But when you listen to business news, you can now develop uh, your own your own knowledge from from it. Then when you read reports, it will be easy for you to make an opinion. When one is biased, you know because you know what the industry is saying, you know what uh, the company is doing. I I I I agree a hundred hundred percent with that. Thank you very very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, just as we bring this conversation to to an end, sir, any final words, any thought, words of advice for the retail investors listening? If if you could summarize everything, if you could just pass one message to the retail investor listening, what would that message be, sir? Okay, uh, the message would be knowledge. You have to be knowledgeable about the market. You have to know what the market is all about before you can trade in. You don't trade your ad your your ad them money into something you don't know about. First of all, before you come into the market, before you invest into the market, you should know more about the market. Before you invest into a particular industry or a particular company, at least have a knowledge about the company. And also, uh, you have to keep track of your investment so that in the next 10 years, you're not running up and down asking for a global search of your stocks. Keep your record, know about the market. When there's a monetary policy, see how it affects your investment. And when there's economic indicators like uh, inflation, GDP, and then NPL, she know how it affects your investment. So that's my advice for the retail investor. Thank you very, very much, sir. It's been a wonderful um, half hour there about having a conversation with you, sir. Thank you very much for your time. Hopefully, yeah. we'll, we'll bring yeah. you back. Yeah. Back to the, yes, hopefully, at some point, we'll bring you back onto the podcast if you don't mind, sir. Um, I'll be free. I'll be, I'll be free to. To help out to uh, those retail investors that are still confused about the market. Okay.